On track. This week we learned in Masechet Chagiga that when you wash your hands with a cup or immerse them in a mikveh to spiritually purify them, you must do so with the proper intention. If you washed in order to eat regular, everyday, unconsecrated food, chulen, you may not eat maiserseni, the second tithe eaten in Yerushalayim, based on that ritual cleansing. Similarly, if you wash with the intention to eat maiserseni, you may not eat truma if you are a Kohen, since truma is on a higher spiritual level than maiser. Likewise, if you washed in order to eat truma, you may not eat holy sacrificial food, Kodesh or Hegdish. Intention and concentration are crucial. Being distracted or inattentive makes you off track, going in the wrong direction and ultimately unsuccessful. Whatever you do, stay focused and on track. My children pointed me to a story mentioned in Rav Teichdal's Mishnah Sochir. Rav Meir Shapiro, the famed Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva's Chachme Leblin and founder of Daf Hayomi, was once in America fundraising, where he met his old friend, Rav Meir Don Plotsky, who was also there on behalf of the Masifta in Warsaw. They both appeared in front of a large gathering of New York Jews. Rav Plotsky addressed them first, delivering a long pilpul, expounding on intricate Talmudic sections, hoping to encourage the community to donate and aid the rabbi in his mission. Afterwards, Rav Meir Shapiro ascended the podium and explained, I will tell you a simple story. When I was newly married, we lived with my in-laws. My father-in-law took me on a tour of his properties. At the edge of the city, he pointed to his Jewish customs collector and explained his business. Borders and city, county, and state limits were opportunities to demand a fee for passing through. I noticed that the customs collector was deaf, not responding to any questions or or queries posed by the travelers trying to pass through. He just kept calling out the fees. Ten zlotas for a wagon and two horses, six zlotas for a wagon and one horse. When a wagon driver would repeat his query, the deaf collector would just repeat his mantra. Ten zlotas for a wagon and two horses, six zlotas for a wagon and one horse. My father-in-law then asked me what I thought of the customs collector, and I replied that I did not see why he elected to appoint a deaf person to the job. What harm would there be if the collector answered the traveler's questions? My father-in-law didn't answer me, but instead took me to the other end of town where he he employed another Jewish tax collector who was not deaf. The official calmly and courteously answered all the wagon driver's questions, but this caused a long backlog of wagons as the collector spent much time with each traveler. People in the long line were upset and complained, and many skipped the line and went around the collector's booth without paying anything. The tax collector would then get frustrated, and in order to push things along, would rush some of the wagons through without a proper inspection. Then he would converse again with some drivers, and the process would slow down again. This mess kept repeating itself. My father-in-law asked me if I now understood why he hired a deaf collector. Both of us rabbis are like officials. Rabbi Plotsky is like the non-deaf one, talking to you nicely and hoping to open your hearts to the needs of our institutions. I am the deaf one, not listening to anything, because time is short and there is much to do. Just pay up. We can learn much from the deaf official. Concentrate, don't get distracted, and stay on track. This is true for prayer, study, and all our endeavors with God's help. Shabbat Shalom. Chodesh Tov.